Welcome to the Layer 8 Podcast. This podcast is in conjunction with the Layer 8 Conference, which is happening for the third year on Saturday, June 6th, 2020 in Providence, Rhode Island. The Layer 8 Conference is the first one to solely focus on social engineering and open source intelligence, or OSINT, gathering. Social engineers and OSINT investigators always seem to have a great story, and you can hear many of those stories through their presentations at the conference. But not every story can fill a whole presentation, and not all storytellers can get to the conference, which brings us here. This podcast will only be stories told by the investigators themselves. No interviews, no slides, just stories. Some might be as short as five minutes, some may even go for 45 minutes. I hope you'll enjoy them. For this episode, we welcome Nico Dakins, also known as Dutch OSINT Guy, and co-host of the OSINT Curious Podcast. You can find Nico on Twitter at Dutch OSINT Guy. Law enforcement officials in the Netherlands asked him to confirm whether a potential jihadist threats were credible. They only gave him a first name and minimal other information. Find out how Nico went through his methodology to get the confirmation they needed. Take it away, Nico. An OSINT story about how I found a jihadi who uh, fled from Syria through the Netherlands. And um, it was my task uh, within law enforcement to uh, either confirm or find uh, something that could validate the story from witnesses in the asylum-seeking center this person was in. So uh, how it started? Um, you got to know when you are brought in the Netherlands and you um, seek for asylum, you will be placed in like um, um, a center where you get where they ask questions. Um, and it can take up to months until they actually let you into the official asylum center. And in that center, they will um, uh, mix um, all ethnicities and all backgrounds together. And you can imagine there will be tension in those asylum-seeking centers. And that's basically how it started. Um, this guy was in a room with three other uh, guys, and... Um, they were kind of picking on him because he was a fairly small guy and he had freckles and all that, well, that thing, everything to get picked on, right? Um, so he made statements, so like, you better beware. Um, I'm from Al-Qaeda. Um, I've killed people. I know where to find you. And I'm here to um, kill uh, white Christians who killed my brother back in Syria uh, during the war. So there were some allegations and there were some statements made, which which were concerning, right? And so these three people stepped to the asylum-seeking um, heads of information and they reached out to law enforcement. And, well, that's basically how the case landed in on my desk. Um, all I had was... Um, well, this guy has uh, a first name, which is spelled phonetically. Um, they uh, didn't know his last name. Uh, all they knew from his um, threats that he had a brother, which was who was killed, but who was also um, a semi-professional uh, photographer during the war. Um, 
So that's what I had to go on. That's, that was my lead. I was like, wow, how can I find this person? How can I validate if this person actually exists or has an online presence? And if he has an online presence, can I find him within Syria? And can I find him connected to, uh, let's say, a rebel group? So I started by looking for... Um, journalists or photographers um, being killed in Syria. And um, I found like a handful, uh, let's say near 10 or something, but none led me to the right person until I um, um, started juggling with uh, Google search queries and trying to figure out um, specifically um, not photographs, but articles um, about the war um, with local photographers in the in the the comment section behind. You know, every picture ha always has the photographer named underneath it. So I was uh, my thought process was: let's see if I can find articles about the war in Syria by photographers with an Arabic last name. Um, similar or or um, equal to the name I was given, the phonetic name of the brother. After days and days, because I got to be honest, this took days and days and even weeks, I found one article. And it led me to um, an actual um, social media account and a news article. Um, the news article led me to uh, a Twitter account of that person. And the Twitter account uh, immediately confirmed me that um, he had some connection to the Netherlands, which was immediately interesting for me. Um, but I also noticed that the people uh, that person was following, the photographer, were, let's say, almost a quarter of them had um, the characteristics of um, a typical jihadi account, which then, this was around 2014, 15, was fairly normal on Twitter because they weren't immediately uh, deprecated or killed those accounts. They, they had some time to exist then. So I went through all, the whole timeline of that guy, uh, but I still couldn't find um, the person um, we were looking for who was in the Dutch Asylum uh, Center. Uh, then I went through all the followers and I found one person who had an alias, a nickname, um, which differed two digits from the name I was looking for, the first name. So I was like, well, let me look for that. And then immediately I found an, uh, uh, another Twitter account with pictures. Well, uh, it was immediately very clear. This is... Uh, a fighter, um, big guns, uh, uh, let's say war trophies, um, the works, everything you um, would see uh, from someone within the group who is proud of the war crimes he has committed. But I still wasn't sure if this was the person I was looking for. Um, but I did see some statements. Um, funny thing was the first tweet was, um, 
in Arabic, and by then my Arabic wasn't that good. So I had translated, and the funny thing was, it translated back the Arabic sentence, hi, I'm, well, that's the name of the person, and I'm from uh, the bass band. And I was like, the bass band? Like, like is she in a band drummer or something? Um, then I went to our translator within law enforcement and i said well i'm there's something off with this sentence can you translate well he says no the base the base is al-qaeda so by then um it became very clear to me that google and bing weren't that good in interpreting uh, the the sentence i'm from al-qaeda or i'm part of al-qaeda so i was getting a feeling this could be the guy uh, there were even some pictures, um, GPS coordinated tagged, um, which I could trace back to uh, the border near Turkey, which um, made sense because in that period, all people uh, trying to flee Syria went through that specific area into Europe. So could be plausible. And I did, so did some um, additional searching and I found... Um, more pictures confirming, and I've got a picture now, a face picture, because the first 10 pictures were all with uh, either bandanas or uh, those ski mask kind of things, so I could only see his eyes, but then I found two pictures, two full front-facing pictures. So now I got a picture. Um, so I went back to the team. I said, well, I found this. Uh, this, are, this is my preliminary findings. Can you please check with the asylum center if there is a picture of this guy so I can validate that this is the right guy? Um, yes, we can, but it will take at least a few days to get the answer back. And I was like, well, fuck that shit. I ain't waiting for the picture. <laughs> let, let me search. So um, I did the... Um, password reset, re reset trick, and I got a hunch on the uh, email address which was uh, made to set up the Twitter account. And that led me to an Instagram account, and that Instagram account was uh, connected to the brother's Twitter account. So I got confirmation we were still talking about the same guy, that the Instagram account was connected to a Dutch phone number. A mobile number so i looked that up through uh by then you had sync me which doesn't work that good nowadays anymore and you had true caller which had some operational security risk because if the other party had true caller installed they might be informed so there were some risks in there so i had to consult um the prosecutor can i use these tools because there are some risk involved he said well uh looking at the risk of this guy's uh, um, what he has said uh, go for it so i looked him up i got confirmation about the first name i got again confirmation about um, his face but again i got also um uh, the whatsapp account finally was his face and again uh with uh like really large automatic guns then it led me to uh a Facebook page because now I knew uh, he spelled his first and last names in two different ways. Um, one in, let's say, um, English European lettering spelling and one in Arabic. And both of them could be spelled with one or two digit difference. So I started playing around with that and I found 
a Facebook account. And that Facebook account gave me immediate confirmation that he was the guy we were looking for because on his Facebook account, he stated that he was part of Al-Qaeda. He got sick of it. Um, he wanted to flee. He did it and he went to Europe. And well, eventually he ended up in uh, the Netherlands. But more interestingly, because I was already um, in the counterterrorism monitoring unit, um, my job was by then monitor um, Dutch um, jihadis traveling to Syria if they are active, if they are coming back. And finally, this guy was connected to two people I had been monitoring for a period. So this also made us more concerned because he made threats in the asylum center that he was planning something. And now he had connections to uh, Dutch people who we believed could form a real threat and a cell once they were back in the Netherlands. So this sped up everything. Uh, also, their, um, their fighter names called Cunhas um, were very clear. Um, about what their ideology was. They were out to um, uh, for chaos and disrupt uh, a democratic country. That was their end game and their goal. So this was enough for law enforcement to go to the asylum center, um, apprehend the guy, put him into a jail, and there was prosecution, and it all ended well in the end. There was one funny thing to end this story uh, with, which immediately made me more aware um, because um, then um, terrorist attacks in Europe were very common. You had France, you had Belgium, and um, we had some smaller attacks in the Netherlands. So I was basically not always doing open source intelligence, but I was also doing like covert infiltration within groups to, um, well, keep tabs on if something's going on. But my uh, synthetic identities or shock puppet identities were so well crafted that we get, that we got some um, early warnings from the CIA saying this account on Facebook should be immediately investigated which was my account so um this is something which made me aware because you know when you do covert stuff it needs to st stay covert but it also made me aware there should be some kind of portal where you can um send in let's say a hash of your handle for deconfliction with other countries five eyes 13 eyes whatever at least friend that countries because i was pretty sure that at least two or three guys way over in the u.s had spent like days maybe weeks looking at my account which was just a waste of time so um that was my biggest lesson in this whole case that um governments look at each other uh, conducting open source intelligence which they shouldn't have spent time on as well as uh, my biggest lesson in this specific case was uh, having the tenacity to keep looking for that brother, which I and I and which I ended up finding him and 
thoroughly, thoroughly reading um, the article because you got to know where it, where I got that initial pivot point was an article like 14 pages long, and that pivot point was two words within those 14 pages, which got me um, to the Twitter account, which made the snowball effect. So it's not about getting the guide. It was more about um, finding that really small pivot point, which made the snowball effect, basically. So that sums up my story about how I found a jihadi, which was eventually caught and hopefully we prevented we prevented something uh, yeah awful thank you incredible story nico thank you for sharing and thank you for listening to the layer 8 podcast if you want to learn more about us you can check us out at layer8conference.com or on twitter at layer8conf c o n f thank you very much and hope you enjoyed it.